If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You don't have to dip forever. You know that rhymes. You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. It's time to address what we incentivize and what we punish here in America. The GOP police reform bill goes down. Yes. And finally, a child after my own heart. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. I have a confession to make. Some of this you're going to find shocking. Some of it you're not going to find shocking. So let me just give it to you right between the eyes here. I, it can be hard on my sons. We don't tolerate any whining in the house ever. I don't feel like it. It's only going to make everything worse. 
If I send them outside to play when it's too hot and they come knock on the door at any point in time and try to get back in before their time limit's up, I just add time to it. That's how we do things in our house. When it comes time for punishment because they're getting a little too old for me to spank them now, yes, I spanked my kids. I don't care what you do. I spanked my kids. When when they screw something up now, I make them run stairs. I make them do push-ups, physical exercise. All these things I realize are not necessarily the norm. I don't apologize for them. I'm not sorry at all. So now that you know all that, you're going to find this a little shocking. On occasion... I've been accused of spoiling them with little things, especially when it comes to things like food. Now, no, I'm never going to be that person. To, Here's a new Lamborghini, son, when you're 16. That's, that's not going to happen. But especially when they were younger, I would buy them a candy bar every time we went grocery shopping. I got to go to the gas station. Maybe I'm getting something super important like gum or some Bud Heavies. And they wanted some Sour Patch Kids? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, those sound good. Can I have one? And I realized something at one point in time. Every single time I'd take them grocery shopping, we'd get in line to check out, and it'd be, Dad, can I have a candy bar? Dad, can I have this? We'd go to the gas station. Dad, can I grab this? Dad, can I have that? And after a while, I started to ask myself, Why do they ask every single freaking time? That's annoying. Wait a minute. That's my fault. That's my fault. I have created the incentive for my children to ask for something in the grocery store aisle every single time. And you know what the truth is, the hard truth? It took years of saying no every single time before they finally just stopped asking. You decide as a parent what your children will prioritize, what they will ask for, what they won't ask for. And societies work the same way. You can study all these fascinating societies throughout history of people who did this or people who did that, people who do things that look insane to us. Why? Well, when you dig into it, you'll find the society as a whole prioritizes such things. As a quick side note, we talk about things like how fanatical the Japanese were in World War II. You know, they never surrendered. You know, commit suicide, all these things. Do you know their society was so committed to not surrendering, the mother of the soldier would oftentimes give the soldier a dagger so he could cut out his own guts before he'd surrender? That is a society who has incentivized one thing. You will never surrender. So they never surrendered. We in America have got to address something that we have incentivized here. We have to address it or we're never going to fix this problem. We have made it extremely appealing to be a air fingers quote, victim of racism in the United States of America. And you know how I know that? Here's how I know that. We have 100 race hoaxes for everyone that turns out to be real. I will tell you, and I talk to my friends of every color, they agree, as soon as they hear a a swastika was painted on the walls, they all roll their eyes. Why? Why would you roll your eyes? Who would roll their eyes in a swastika? Well, because it was probably fake. It was probably the dude of the color he was going after who did it. It's the truth. You know it's the truth. Time and time and time again. What did you hear? What did you think to yourself 
as soon as you heard Bubba Wallace, that uh, NASCAR driver, found a noose in his garage. I know what you did. I know what you did. It's the same thing I did. And it's okay if you don't want to admit it. I'll tell you what I did. I went, sure, here we go again. That's a problem. How are we ever going to address the racism that does exist if we continue to incentivize people to make up stories and then we, ne- we never crack down on them after the fact either? Either We never hold people accountable. If you have this many race hoaxes, this many people lying in America about being the victims of racism, then that means we as a society have incentivized it. We have told people this is good for you. It is a benefit for you to be a victim of racism. That is a problem. I realize that's uncomfortable. I realize you're not going to hear anybody else on the TV anywhere open their show like that tonight. However, it is also 100% true. Perhaps it's time we adjust some things in this society. Maybe it's time we're not so anxious to solve the sins of the past that we make everything worse today because that's what we're doing. Let me ask you one more question before we get to the story I'm talking about. Let's say all these protests and riots and things like that ended today. Maybe they're all gone. You wake up tomorrow morning after you slept with your sleep all night. You wake up tomorrow morning. Ah, I feel good. They're all gone. Is America, race relation-wise, better off today than it was three weeks ago? There's not, there's not a single sane person in the country who would say it is. We've spent three weeks regressing because we can't get out of our own way. That's the truth. Look no further than the most recent famous example, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR driver. All of a sudden we get word that uh, he's a black guy. All of a sudden we get word that a noose was, was found in his, his garage. Never mind the fact that security to get into a NASCAR garage is absurd, but a noose was found in his garage. And before you know it, NASCAR is putting out a statement. And then Bubba Wallace gets in his car and all the NASCAR drivers and crews march in solidarity with Bubba Wallace. And Bubba, I'm sorry this happened to you. And Bubba, it's terrible. Never mind the fact he just got done painting a Black Lives Matter decal on his car, already indicating the guy's a huge scam artist. No one wanted to stop and think. No one wanted to stop and ask. And those of us who did, who were like, ah, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense at all. Bubba Wallace went on The View. This was yesterday morning, went on The View. <laughs> he, thinks, he thinks if you're questioning that, you're simple-minded. Yeah, just like uh, Steve Phelps said, it offends me that people would go to those measures. But again, <clears throat> I'm not shocked. Uh, people are entitled to their own opinion to make them feel good, whatever, make them help them sleep at night. Um, but it is still an ongoing investigation with the FBI. I can now say I've talked to the FBI. Never thought that would happen. Um, but it's just uh, it's just unfortunate circumstances and in a terrible time that we're in right now. Year 2020 will be one year to for sure forget um, moving forward. But you know, it's 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 simple-minded people like that, the ones that are afraid of change. Um, they they use everything in their power to defend what they stand up for. And instead of trying to listen and understand uh, what's going on, and, and like I said, it's still an ongoing investigation. We're still trying to figure out whoever did this crazy act of trying to 
pinpoint it on somebody and, and just go through it all. So it's, you know, I think it was better for me not to see it directly. I don't know how I would have reacted, um, but it's all in their hands now, the FBI's hands, to to go through everything and try to figure it out. Why are you so simple-minded? Didn't you hear? Bubba's offended. Why are you trying to defend yourself? You don't have any right to defend yourself. Didn't you hear? Bubba's offended. You don't get to defend yourself. Sit there and listen, bigot. It was a noose. Except it wasn't a noose. You see, only hours after Bubba gave that winning interview on The View, this happened. The FBI puts out a statement, quote, After a thorough review of the facts and evidence surrounding this event, we have concluded that no federal crime was committed. The FBI learned that the garage number four where the noose was found was assigned to Bubba Wallace last week. The investigation also revealed revealed evidence, including authentic video confirmed by NASCAR, that the noose found in the garage number four was in that garage as early as October 2019. Although the noose is now known to have been in in number four garage in 2019, nobody could have known Mr. Wallace would be assigned to garage number four last week. You see, it was just a string they attached to the garage doors that had a loop on the bottom of it so you could hook your finger in it and pull down the garage door. So it had nothing to do with racism. It had nothing to do with a noose had nothing to do with Bubba Wallace being a victim. It was just a string. It's just a string. And all that happened. Let me lay all that out for you. Now we're, you know where we are in the timeline. Does Bubba Wallace walk to the microphone somewhere? And, hey, man, I'm sorry. Jump the gun on that one. I apologize to anybody who stuck their neck out there for me. I feel like an idiot. I apologize. How long did that take? About five seconds is all it would have took. Instead, Bubba Wallace goes on Don Lemon's show and says this. Tell me about how you're feeling right now. I'm uh, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm mad because people are trying to test my character and the person that I am and my integrity. And they're not stealing that away from me, but they're just trying to test that. And uh, as a person, Don, that doesn't need the fame, doesn't need the hype, doesn't need the media, I could care less. I could give two craps about that. Um, but to, to sit there and, and read, and that's my problem. I'm reading too much into it and, Are and you investing too much media? time into it. I am. I am. Don't, I'm, don't, I'm, don't, don't. I know. Do I know. I know. I, uh, I'm, I'm trying hard not to. And, and after tonight, I'll probably turn my phone off. Uh, unfortunately, until about 7.30 in the morning where the interviews start back up again and we get to it all over. But, Don, to, to hear my side of the story, and I don't mean to steal your spotlight of the show, but my Go side needs it. to be heard. You know my favorite part of that entire thing? No accountability whatsoever. Trying to stain my character. My favorite part, though, is... Yeah, people, people act like I'm just doing this for the fame and everything as he does his 19,000s TV interview. I love that. that that's, that's maybe my favorite part of the entire thing. But, you know, Bubba, he had more to say about that noose. I've, uh, I've been racing all my life. I've, we've, we've raced out of hundreds of garages that uh, never had garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool and put out old videos and photos of, of, of knots being... Um, in, uh, in, in, in their, as their evidence, go ahead. But from the evidence that we have, 
um, and that I have, uh, it's a straight up noose. Just say sorry, bud. Now you look even dumber. Just say sorry. That's all. And while we're on the subject of this, before we go here, there's an entire industry built around this. Back to what I talked about in the beginning, how we incentivize this. Nobody has taken advantage of this scam longer and frankly better than Al Sharpton. The question is, even if they did not know that Bubba Wallace was going to use that stall, why was a noose in the stall? It's clear what a noose represents. And I think to, to go whether or not they knew that sooner or later the one black driver would use that stall really doesn't answer why it was in the stall at all. And then did someone know that it was in the stall when they did belatedly assign Bubba there? So I don't think this answers a lot of questions. And clearly from what we just saw of Bubba Wallace, it does not seem he who is the victim and possible target in this matter seems to be satisfied with this. So I do not think that we've seen closure in this particular uh, inquiry. If Al Sharpton is leading your movement, you need a new movement. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you know what should make you uncomfortable? If you didn't take my advice, all the times I've been telling you about Birch Gold, do you know what we found out today? Gold is at an eight-year high. Get a precious metals IRA. You know how long gold and silver have had value in this society? Well, a long time. Basically forever. Not just in this one. In the history of the world, gold and silver have value. Meaning if you're still hanging all your money out there in a traditional IRA or 401k, you are gambling with things that can disappear tomorrow when you have a better option sitting right beside you. Get a hold of Birch Gold at birchgold.com slash jesse. Get a free 20-page kit on rolling over your IRA into a precious metals IRA. Find out today before you're wiped out and before I have to come on here again and tell you just how high gold got again. Birchgold.com slash jesse. We shall return. Well, the House and the Senate, they were digging into it today, digging into the issues that matter to you. Do you want to know while America's burning, debts at $26 trillion, deficits at $4 trillion, cities are burning down, coronavirus outbreak, 40 million Americans unemployed? Do you want to know what the House and Senate Democrats and Republicans were working on? Here's Pelosi. In other words, for something to happen, they're going to have to face the realities of police brutality, the rallies of the need for justice in policing, and the recognition that there are many, many good people in, in um, law enforcement, but not all, and that we have to address those concerns. Uh, so when they admit that and, and have some suggestions that are worthy of consideration, but so far they were trying to get away with murder, actually, the murder of George Floyd. 
trying to get away with the murder of George Floyd. We're going to go ahead and assume she misspoke there. Kamala Harris, always one who finds a way to get ahead, had this to say, quote, it couldn't be more clear that the Republicans' attempt to pass their watered-down policing bill is meant to derail meaningful reform. Who do you trust on police reform? Mitch McConnell or the 138 civil rights groups who oppose the Republican bill? Republicans, while Democrats were worried about police reform, <laughs> the Republicans, they had other stuff they wanted to talk about. I read that they, several of them said, we don't trust Mitch McConnell. They don't have to trust me because the way the process works is quite simple, and I hope you won't fall for that nonsense. <clears throat> Once you get on the bill, if you conclude you've been treated unfairly, you don't have to get off the bill. It takes 60, bill, 60 votes to pass a bill like this in the Senate. So they don't have to trust me when I say I want an open amendment process. I mean it. but. If they don't feel like they've had uh, fair treatment, their remedy is to refuse to finish the bill. So there's literally no harm done by debating this important topic. Weird. That, that almost sounds like exactly what Pelosi and Kamal were talking about. Uh, maybe maybe that was different. All right, I'm sure Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, he's digging into something different that matters to you. We debate this bill now. If it's more important for us to score political points and talk about the legislation and, and what's missing and not actually come to the table to improve the legislation, that means we're only talking about politics and we're not actually talking about human beings who are losing confidence in the institutions of authority and power because we keep pretending like this is about Washington, D.C. This is about Louisville, Kentucky. This is about North Charleston. This is about Minneapolis. Our leg legislation covers those points. If our friends on the other side want to figure out a path forward for those places and those citizens, let's get there. We can start that tomorrow. This doesn't finish until they say it's over. But if they won't even start it, that tells me that this is already over. Man, that is, that's wild. So we're, Tim Scott's also talking about the same thing Democrats are talking about. It's so weird also, too, that he says it's not about Washington, D.C. It's about Louisville and Charleston, Minneapolis. But, but Washington, D.C. is passing a bill. Hmm. Oh, well, okay, next to the next, uh, on to the next GOP senator. I'm sure he's talking about what you care about. The Justice Act that Tim has put together and which I'm an original co-sponsor has about 70% overlap with what they're working on in the House. 70% overlap. And the Democrats in the Senate are filibustering it. They're not filibustering an amendment. They're not filibustering a final vote on the bill. They're filibustering even having a discussion on the floor of the United States of the Justice Act. I mean, why would these people who say they are for something, and it's an important issue to them, why would they do this? Why would they grandstand on this issue? There's only one reason. It's because they would rather have the issue to campaign on than finding a solution for the American people. And everyone in the press ought to ask every member of the Democrat Senate 
why they would vote no on something on which there is 70% overlap and agreement and includes so many of the things that are important to them. Just want to clarify for you, just to wrap this thing up here really quickly, while all these things are going on in America, Democrats and Republicans, Republicans spent the day talking about federally reforming the police. I'll tell you this, people. I don't say this lightly at all. I certainly don't want Democrats to win an election, never again. But man, do Republicans deserve to lose. They genuinely do. All right. You are going to lose. You're going to lose a lot of money, your credit score, and a lot of your time if somebody gets online and jacks your home title. You know it's all online, right? It's not a dusty piece of paper in a bank vault somewhere in the Old West. Your home title, it's digital now. It takes somebody with some computer know-how about 10 minutes to access it and put your signature on it. I know because Home Title Lock sent me one that they did as a sample to me. My jaw fell open. This crime is so big, the FBI is freaking out about it now. You might already be a victim of it now and not even know it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address. Find out if you're already a victim. While you're there, put in the code JESSE and you get 30 free days of protection. You go to HomeTitleLock.com, you sign up, you don't have to worry about this. And it's one of those things, it's so easy to sit back and blow it off now, right? Ah, it's no big deal. Go ahead and look it up. I did. I was horrified at how prevalent it is. And when it happens to you, you will hate yourself for not going to HomeTitleLock.com, spending five minutes and taking care of the problem. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code is JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, a man named Claston Bernard. He's the author of a new book called Outcast, No Room at the Table for Conservative Blacks in Black America. First of all, Claston, where, why well, should, I, I assume I know where, but what is Claston? Are you named for your dad or something? I've never seen that name. Yeah, well, yeah, I have my, dad na- my dad's name, actually. Oh, that's freaking awesome. All right, what do you mean outcast? Why are you an outcast? Well, the thing is, um, in, a, in black America, you have to fit a certain narrative to be considered black. If you don't fit that narrative, then you're automatically branded not one of us. What, what do you mean? What, how, how, what, do you, what do you have to do to fit in with black America? Well, I'm still trying to figure it out. As a black man, I don't know. You know, you have to speak a certain language. You have to, you know, I, I will say this. As a, as a human being, I deserve um, to be treated fairly, you know, which I, I get on a daily basis. Um, I don't know what someone's intent are or what's in their minds. So I, I don't try to figure out what's going on in someone's um, head when I'm speaking to them. I am just me and you just be you. Now, in black America, they, they have this tendency to say, look, man, you know what? You speak well. You know, if you're conservative, you can't be black. Where does that come from, do you think? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. If I, if I knew the answer to that one, I think I'd be on a whole different platform. I just don't know. How did you come to believe the things that you do believe? Well, you know, I was, I was raised to follow the evidence. 
that was the first thing not to allow my emotions to get in the way and um you know one of the thing even in the christian religion it is about pursuing truth um and my goal was to pursue the truth wherever it led to you know there there are always narratives there are people have different experiences and even with those experiences um we still have to look at the facts and, and make an informed decision and there was a certain narrative that being black in america comes with a drawback you know as an immigrant coming here I should be the example of what it means to fail because I came here as an immigrant. Not, you know, uh, you know, I came here as a student athlete. I had to work hard to get my myself into the status of being becoming a professional to be able to to enjoy what America has to offer. You know, I had to get a college degree. I didn't have all the papers that I could just walk into this country and says, "Hey, I'm an American right away." You know what? Um, I can go apply for a job. I can go, you know, I can just go get social security. I, I couldn't do any of those things. And if you want to talk about Lyndon Johnson, when he said someone starting way back and he, they needed a start, that was me as an immigrant coming to this country. I came here with a backpack, a duffel bag, 300 and something dollars in my pocket to, uh, on a scholarship. You know, that's how, I say, that's how I started here. You know, and it took a long time. It took hard work, you know, took me making, making the Olympics, you know, to get my, you know, to get that professional status. You know, it took me getting a college degree. Tell people what kind of athlete you are for people who don't know you. <laughs> I, was, I was a decathlete. I was a decathlete. I represented Jamaica in two Olympics. Um, I won the Commonwealth Games. I was NCAA champion, four-time SEC champion. Uh, you know, I had a pretty pretty successful um, track and field career, you know, until injuries yeah, that's, took it. I guess that's mildly successful. Yeah, I, I guess that'll that'll go down as being doing okay. All right, I need you to shoot me straight on something. Be totally honest. Uh -huh. Do you have a good Do you have a good jerk chicken recipe or not? Oh man, you know what? My father thinks so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> my wife my wife thinks so. So you know, I, I I think they're the two most credible sources in my life in, in respect to that. So you know. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> What's next for you here? Are you going to stay doing author things? Are you going to move on and be a political pundit? Are you going to go start a bank somewhere? What's next for you? My, my thing is just to embrace life. You know, one other thing I learned about track and field, sometimes when you look ahead, you tend to make mistakes instead of focusing what's right in front of you. My thing is this. They, they sold us a narrative about America, which, you know, there are always bits and bits and pieces of truth that you can always pull from here or there. But is that an um? Should that be used as a as a stick to beat America into submission to pay penance? You know, as saying you know what, America is just flown with um racism in their DNA and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I don't see that, and I'm I I have to stand and push back against that. You know, and that's not saying there are not injustices. That's not saying there are not people who probably don't like me because of my ethnicity. It doesn't say, I'm not saying any of those things. But to say to me, an immigrant, a black man, a man with an accent that came to this country and says, you know what? Hey, I love what I see. And the opportunities here are, are, are limitless. All I had to do is to get myself in the right position to succeed. And I have to push. And I, my goal is I have two daughters and I'm raising them to be Americans because that's who they are. And their, their skin color look like mine. And I will not feed them a victimization culture because 400 years of slavery, our Jim Crow, does not affect them. It has no bearing on them. What will affect them is what me and my wife will do to them. 
that will have a far greater impact on where they end up in life. And that's something that that only exists in the history books. You know, the reality is slavery was there. It's an ugly stain. You know, Jim Crow was there. It's an ugly stain. There's some people still alive who dealt with slavery, not slavery, with Jim Crow. You know, there are people who have been able to, you know, and, and they have looked beyond that. You know, even doing Jim Crow, they were able to make it through. And, you know, it wasn't systemic. It was explicit. It was explicit. But to sell me and to tell me that I'm supposed to raise my young daughters as victims and to tell them that their color make them substandard or that the, the bar should be lowered for them at a certain level so they can feel good about themselves. No, I'm not about to do that. I'm not about to sell them that. I wasn't even, so, I wasn't even told that coming from a country that, you know, we didn't have these opportunities where bad government played a role in, in, in the way things are. So why should I come to America, the land of opportunity, the land that has given me so much, and I should just latch on to certain languages or certain verbiages because it's cliche. And, and you know what? It's Marxist. And I'm not a friend of the Marxist philosophy. So I'm not about to raise my daughter to buy into the Marxist philosophy. I'm going to raise her to respect Western civilization. Yes, there was slavery, but the British Empire and America de dealt a serious blow to that. I will tell them that. I will educate them on the people, the good people, whether it was William Wilberforce, whether it was um, Thomas Jefferson, whether it was, um, what, what would you say, one of my favorite as um, conservative, Booker T. Washington or Frederick Douglass. I will tell them that these people were able to overcome the odds. That's what I will tell them. That's the history I will tell them. I will not tell them their color, make them inferior. I'm not about to, I'm not about to have that. Claston Bernard, go buy his book, Outcast. Buy it today. Appreciate you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thank you. He brings up some great points, people. It all starts at home, no matter what color you are. The truth of the matter is this. You raise your child, even if it's true, you raise your child to be a victim, you have mentally handicapped them for the rest of their lives. It's just a fact. All right. I'm going to sleep well tonight. You know why? I mean, I shouldn't sleep well. I got two bad kids. Got to get my truck fixed. Got all kinds of things going on. The nation's burning down, but I'm still going to sleep well because I have an ebb sleep. And ebb sleep, I've been telling you about this for long enough, it's a wearable device. You put it on, it applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead, calming down those thoughts that keep you awake at night. You can try it risk-free for 60 days. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse at checkout. Get you 25 bucks off. Ebb sleep. We got more. Joining me now is a congressman from Indiana. Hopefully you've heard of him. If you haven't, we need a lot more like him, and he's running to be RSC chairman, by the way. Congressman, before we get to all the other nonsense out there, explain to the folks who don't know what the RSC is. Well, hey, Jesse, good to be with you. Republican Study Committee is the biggest conservative uh, caucus on Capitol Hill, and it's been around for, for decades. Uh, formerly, uh, it, it became Republican Study Committee in the mid-'90s, uh, many people that you know have been chairman of this group. Steve Scalise, 
uh, a guy named Mike Pence, uh, when he was in the Congress, was Republican City Committee Chairman. David McIntosh was Republican City Committee Chairman. By the way, both of them are from Indiana. David McIntosh is now head of the Club for Growth. Um, a lot of other figures that you've heard of along the way have been chairman of this group. Jim Jordan, I should mention, was uh, chairman of the Republican Study Committee. So this is the is the uh, the chief organization on the Hill to organize, uh, to, to uh, help conservatives communicate and to advance conservative principles. And that's, that's why I want to be the chairman of it. I want you to be the chairman of it too. Can you give people just a little bit of inside baseball on how these different groups and how these different caucuses within the party tend to work? So I think people get confused. They just think Republicans or Democrats are one big thing when really there's little groups inside of them and we need powerful groups that believe what we believe in order to move the rest of the herd. That's a great way to put it. I, I served in the state Senate, by the way, in Indiana before I got elected to Congress. I was one of 50. And the biggest difference between being a state senator, one of 50, and coming to the House of Representatives is now I'm one of 435, which means I have to work with other conservatives to advance the principles and the causes that I care about. And that's why caucuses within the larger Republican conference of roughly 200 members at this point is important because you you pull together, you come together, you talk about ideas, you co-sponsor each other's bills, you make each other aware of initiatives. The Republican Study Committee today is is roughly 140 of the of the roughly 200 members of the Republican Conference. So it's it's very big, and it's all the members who consider themselves to be conservative, which is wide ranging across the board. But the force of numbers gives us great influence and power in the House of Representatives, especially when you're in the majority. My first term that I was here, we were in the majority. A Republican Study Committee was out there fighting alongside Freedom Caucus and other groups to try to advance uh, conservative principles within the tax cuts bill, the health care bill, a lot of uh, immigration-related bills. Republican Study Committee, to me, is the is the the greatest place to be to advance um, our conservative principles with the collective force of a lot of the members within the conference. And as chairman, I want I want to leverage that, take advantage of that, and push forward a new platform or, or a new vision of what the conservative movement looks like um, uh, post-2020. Congressman, I know this is probably a bit out of the area where you're going to specifically have to address, but we have new damaging information coming out about the Flynn case, about how Barack Obama and Joe Biden, they knew about it, and we don't need to go into all the details of it, but what my email inbox has been full of for a long time is people who, on our side, who are a bit jaded, if you, uh, if you want to put it that way. They don't think anybody in power, anybody in the government club is ever going to be held accountable. And whether or not they are, I don't know, but I know this. That's not a good situation for any country when people feel like there are rules for them and they don't apply to the people in the government club. Uh, there, there's no doubt about it. I'm, my inbox is full of constituents from Northeast Indiana who are telling me the same thing, reminding me that it seems like there are two sets of rules. One set of rules for those with famous last names like Biden or Clinton, uh, and another set of rules for the rest of us. And why is it that no one has ever been held accountable for um, any of this? That this uh, that what 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 Obama, Biden, uh, what others were involved with, and in going after uh, Flynn and a lot of other activities, uh, it truly is the is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, case of of a of a, a government um, run amok that we've ever seen 
in American history and why no one has ever held accountable for it. I, I, I don't have a good answer for you. Why, why hasn't Attorney General Barr done more? Why, why hasn't uh, Chris Ray at the FBI done more to dig into these um, situations? I don't have a good answer for you. And to get back to Republican Study Committee, a lot of our, we meet on a weekly basis. We have lunch as a, as a group of members. We talk about these issues. We talk about how we can hold uh, certain uh, individuals accountable, how we can advance conservative principles. Uh, we try to use the collective force of this group to work with this president uh, uh, to uh, to return trust in government and uh, and advocate for the principles that we care about. And and again, that's that's why I'm running for chairman of that group. Where does the RSC stand on the university system? And obviously, a lot of people saw what what I was up to, and some other people were up to this weekend. I, I just think it's insane anybody in the, on the Republican side who doesn't ever attempt to reform the American university system or do anything about that because it has become the supply line opposing us that's crushing us. It's half the reason we have a bunch of idiots in the street tearing down statues because we somehow have a generation of people who think America sucks when America. America's wonderful. What can we do to the university system to stop this? Yeah, kudos to you, by the way. I've, I've, I've never seen anyone expose the hypocrisy of the left like you have over the last three or four days. And, and reminding all of us that you're exactly right. The ideology that you're taught on college campuses today runs in contrast with the values of what makes this country the greatest country in the world. And, and it's not lost on me that when some of these idiots are tearing down statues of our preeminent figures in American history, that this history, the, who, the founders of this country who uh, created this country based on the, the values of, of, of freedom, of individual uh, liberties, um, the foundation that makes us the greatest country in the world, um, it's not lost on me that our universities are, are often teaching this left-wing um, violent ideology that's being acted out today in such a harsh way. What can Republican Study Committee do about it? Uh, for, first of all, Jesse, Republicans got to win back the majority. And uh, when we do, and we control the committees within the House of Representatives again, then we need to pull in university officials, university leaders uh, into the education committee that I serve on, the oversight committee, other committees, and force them to testify before the American people and explain how the curriculum that exists on these college campuses um, has ever been put into place to begin with and why federal tax dollars should ever flow to universities that teach this garbage uh, that's being taught on college campuses too. That That's something that we can do. And if we get the majority back and control these committees again, that's absolutely something that we should do. Outstanding. I, I know you're somebody who, and thank God for this, you're somebody who takes China very, very seriously. Uh, uh, Congressman, we have multiple professors and people associated with our elite universities getting busted as uh, Chinese spies. I don't know if that's too strong of a way to put it, but directly working for the Communist Party in China. How in the world did China get their fingers in our university system? Yeah, it's been going on for years. And I, I introduced the first bill related to this subject a couple of years ago, the Protect Our Univers Universities Act, to try to weed out Chinese nationals who were participating in, in sensitive or classified national security related uh, research on college campuses. By the way, that goes on all over the place. And we don't track, what I learned that is astonishing is that we do not track who is involved in that and classified national security research on college campuses funded by your federal tax dollars through the Department of Defense or the intelligence um, agencies. So I introduced the first bill to try to focus on that. 
also try to weed out the Confucius Institutes, try to shine a bright light on some of the, the grants that come from companies like Huawei to a number of your public universities. The, the, the Chinese have had a concerted long-term strategy to, to plant themselves within the university structure on American college campuses, and they've been very successful at it. And finally, we have a president who's trying to do something about it. He, as you know, he kicked out thousands of Chinese students who had ties to the Chinese Communist Party a couple of weeks ago. That's a good start, but there's so much more that we need to do, and that's that's why I'm focused on that um, in, in some of the legislative work that I'm doing. The, the bill, once again, that I introduced, Protect Our Universities Act, is a, is a big first step to do that. Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana, I hope you are our next RSC chairman. We need you there. Appreciate you, sir. Great to be with you. Good. All right. Well, we have a kid who's going to be America's next president. I'm going to show you. Hang on. It's not often I show you the video of somebody that I consider a legend, like on par with me, legend. This kid mowing some chicken nuggets, however, he's there. I don't know what the best part of that video is. That wonderful love of ranch already tells you what a great human being he is. The ranch all over his mouth because who has time to wipe your mouth when you're enjoying ranch and chicken nuggets? Or the fact that you can actually hear him breathing. He's mowing so much. He's not taking time to breathe through his mouth. That mouth is for one thing and one thing only. Nuggets. Love it. We'll do it tomorrow. See ya. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. 
Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.